All right, well, hello everyone. I'm Paul, and this is, uh, what's your name? Paul. Paul. Surprisingly so, enough. Yes, and we are here today to bring you a really new game-changing technology, innovative technology uh, that kind of pairs technology with the cloud and with um, a service as well, and it can really make a big impact for individuals who are blind or low vision. And uh, also, I think, you know, they'll talk about how this could be applied not just in your personal life uh, when you go and order a coffee at Starbucks, but uh, in the workplace as well. So we thank you for joining us online across the country or watching this later. Uh, my full name is Paul Lloyd. I'm the Education Program Manager here at the Target Center. And we're uh, happy to have you with us learning about the latest and greatest technology. Uh, we do have about four or five people who said they were going to be coming in that may come in late. So uh, we apologize if anybody crosses in front of the camera. Um, but um, we, with that, I'll turn things over to Ira. Thank you so much, Paul. Uh, again, my name is Paul Schrader. I'm with the company Ira, A-I-R-A. And I'm joined here by my colleague and friend, Marty Watts, who will be speaking in a few minutes. Uh, we're thrilled to be able to talk to you a little bit about Ira today. And as Paul indicated, how it can be part of your uh, leisure life, but also part of your work life. Thanks to the United States Department of Agriculture for giving us this opportunity and to the Target Center for hosting this event and making it possible to show off um, IRA. We call it instant access to information or visual information because that's really what IRA provides. Um, it, is, it is a novel service that brings together great technology, as you'll see, with great highly skilled human assistance. It's the only technology that really brings you the best of both worlds in that regard. A chance to use uh, mobile connect connected networks, smartphones, and smart glasses. We'll talk a little bit about that in a second. Along with these highly trained, highly skilled uh, human agents that IRA has available uh, to us. So let me say a few words about um, the service. It is available currently and ready to be uh, used by consumers and we're going to talk a little bit about employment as well. Um, it is available now between the hours of 7 a.m. and 1 a.m. East Coast time in the United States, so 18 hours a day uh, and we're constantly expanding. In fact, we've already, that's already an expansion of hours from when we launched um, IRA to start with. So what is it? Well, first thing, it combines, as I said, great technology. So the smartphone that so many of us carry, uh, iPhone or Android, uh, for example, that has lots of great technology, connect connectivity technology in it. But one of the things it has, of course, is a video camera. But we've also decided to go one step further and add in these smart glasses that I'm wearing, for example, taking them off for those who can't see. Uh, these are very nice, uh, I think relatively stylish, I've been told. Um, I'm visually impaired, so I'm trusting others, but uh, I've, I've asked my IRA agents and they've told me to. Uh, so nice, uh, nice looking glasses, that's something that we believe is important. We know uh, blind people want to be able to wear something that looks uh, relatively stylish and enjoyable uh, to have out in the world. So we've got these smart glasses, but they're not just glasses. They've got a camera in them. Uh, and so what's great about that, as you'll see, is that camera allows us to connect via the mobile network, via our smartphone, back to a highly skilled human agent. And that's where I said the great technology, like video 
glasses, uh, video-enabled uh, glasses or a smartphone, uh, connected to great, highly skilled human assistants. And it's really both parts of IRA that are critical. Now, I should have said at the outset, um, why is it called IRA, um, it, even though it's spelled A-I-R-A? -A, uh, and the website, by the way, is AIRA.io. We say IRA because the AI is for artificial intelligence. And that's something that we're constantly bringing to the platform to help expand what IRA can do, to expand what our human agents can do at the, at the, with the service, but also to expand what we can do with, in automated fashion with IRA. And so we'll be bringing new techniques and technologies to the IRA platform uh, to complement and supplement what, our, what we're already doing today by connecting you with human agents, and we are going to show that. Now, I've referred to our agents several times, and I want to say a word or two about them. Again, you will hear more. Um, they are highly recruited. They are carefully screened. They are trained to know a good bit about providing information to people who are blind or visually impaired. And last but certainly not least, they're paid. Uh, and so we want to have the best and brightest. We always have many more applicants by, I don't know, tens or hundreds uh, than we actually hire because it is the kind of job that people want to do, they enjoy doing, it feels very fulfilling, uh, and it's something that individuals can do wherever they've got an internet connection. So of course it is a, a job that uh, lends itself to somebody working from home, sort of that new gig economy uh, that you hear about. Um, IRA has been and was developed and maintains a close relationship with the blindness field. Uh, certainly National Federation of the Blind, the American Council of the Blind were both strong supporters and early uh, enthusiasts and organizations that we worked carefully with. American Foundation for the Blind, the Blinded Veterans Association or others uh, that we've also worked carefully with to try to help uh, bring IRA to the fore in our effort to redefine independence, freedom, and autonomy for those of us who are blind or visually impaired. Now, why IRA? Well, IRA gives you a rich interaction with both the physical and digital world. And so anywhere that you need access to visual information, and that could be reading, that could be accessing uh, material of, of a technical nature, uh, that could be looking at a computer screen when those invariable screen crashes happen, or you run into software or a website that isn't really accessible, and you're kind of wandering around, you know, metaphorically with your keystrokes, trying to figure out what's on that screen. Um, all of these places where today we frantically go and look for sighted assistance, maybe, uh, to try to fill in some of those gaps, IRA actually is available to do that whenever and wherever you need it with the push of a button on your smartphone. It adds to your efficiency. It adds to your ability to multitask. Now, let me talk just a little bit about employment use cases in particular um, so that we can uh, cover a couple of items there. And then in a second or two, we'll actually show you what the app looks like. So IRA as a platform was developed and really has a strong backbone as a navigation platform, right? I think there was, a, there was an obvious and early sense that IRA could really help out in the world as we're traveling about, those of us who are blind or visually impaired, by providing some of that information that comes from having vision. For instance, being able to see street signs 
uh, being able to see overhead signs in airports or shopping malls, things that are just not really available to us now, uh, even with good technology, but that with the access to a, an assistant who has vision, using our smart glass and using the video camera, we can actually get access to. So a lot of value there in the navigation world. But it became quickly apparent that what people wanted to do with IRA was yes, they wanted, they loved the travel experience and, and people love IRA and airports. I mean, I can't, that's probably one of the top two or three things we hear from blind people. Oh my gosh, this is so awesome. I don't have to wait for an assistant in the airport. I can press my button, put on my video glasses, and I have an agent who can now look through the camera and give me directions walking through the airport. And oh, by the way, I can find my luggage by myself because they can see a picture of it, and we'll talk about that. Or um, I can find the food court, and I don't have to uh, go through that awkward communication with an uh, assistant who maybe doesn't really understand um, the way I'm trying to talk to them. So. A lot of great value in navigation, but it was clear that IRA could really help in this employment and education area as well. And so uh, we have started seeing people begin to use IRA to read all that visual information, as I talked about earlier. All the stuff that isn't necessarily accessible or available to us as blind people, um, either it's handwritten material, for example, so it's not easily optically scanned, uh, or maybe it's uh, somebody uh, drawing on a whiteboard or putting up a PowerPoint in a meeting and even though we ask them to make it accessible, maybe they do, maybe they don't. Uh, but now we have the ability to access that visual information um, in our own manner using IRA. Of course, orientation and navigation, I talked about travel, but what about going to that unfamiliar work site? Now, for some of us, that's no problem. Uh, we've got uh, our skills that we rely on, our tried and true mobility skills, but sometimes it's nice to be able to have just a little bit of assistance, a little bit of orientation that comes with that ability uh, to pull in some visual assistance um, at, at an appropriate time to see where things are, maybe to understand the layout of the work site. Maybe it's one of these environments that's a lot of cubicles and uh, not a lot of good landmarks to walk around. And so um, a, a lot of challenges there. And then lastly, um, as one example, of course, as I mentioned, uh, the technology crashes and the technology challenges that we have and that we face as blind people. Again, um, very easy to bring up an IRA agent and again, either with your smartphone or your smart glasses, look at the screen, uh, have the agent look at the screen with you and give you some instruction on uh, the inaccessible parts of the screen or maybe how to get out of that crash that your screen reader uh, has put, in, put you through and get yourself back up and running. Not having to wait for an assistant to, or, or find somebody and take them away from their work, but doing it on your own schedule. So let me bring uh, Marty in here, and maybe first, Marty, uh, just let's say, uh, you know, somebody says today, hey, I'm, I'm ready to go. I want IRA right now. Is, is this something available for consumers? And, and uh, talk a little bit, maybe you'll show off the app a little bit as well. Great, thank you. So everyone, thanks for your time today. My name is Marty Watts. I'm Director of Sales with IRA. Very happy to be here. Uh, IRA is available today currently. Uh, so we have three markets that we're currently attacking. We are looking at direct-to-consumer, so users can sign up right on ira.io forward slash plans today. And then we also have a corporate push. So we're envisioning that uh, we're creating a third-party payer network. So if you're an IRA user, when you walked into uh, a, a local grocery store or a local shopping facility, 
uh, or as, as we're hoping, uh, your, em your employer. And the business would be providing access to IRA, not your personal subscription. And then third, within the public sector, uh, we're seeing many use cases for how we can enable efficiency, productivity, uh, as far as doing your regular job on a day-to-day -day basis. Uh, reliance less on sighted assistance, creating more autonomy and independence from leveraging IRA. So I think what we should do is we should take a look at how the IRA application works, and then we can kind of talk about if you were to sign up, what's that experience that you would go through as far as receiving our, our packaging and hardware and getting, getting up to speed and running. So why don't we take a look at the app currently. So th the way that you would connect to IRA is basically downloading our app from either the Apple Store or the Google Store. And it's a free app. And when you install it, you'll log into it. And you have the ability to do two things right here. So IRA works, of course, with smart glasses. But IRA also works with just your cell phone. So in a, in a, in a pinch or in, in an event where your glasses might not be charged, you might not have them with you, you still have the ability to leverage IRA with just your cell phone just by using your regular cell phone camera. So here within our app, there is one large blue button with our logo on it. And by tapping that, that's how we would initiate a call with an agent. Paul's going to do that for us in several minutes. But literally, it's one tap to open the app, and then one more tap to call the agent. The agent will answer typically in 10 seconds or less. And as Paul said, right now, our service hours are 7 AM through till 1 AM Eastern. And so within the app, there are several things happening here. So at the bottom, there are several tabs. So right now, I don't have a pair of smart glasses connected. But as you'll see on this screen, this would give me all the stats of my glasses, battery charge, signal strength. If we move over one more tab to the Wi-Fi tab, that's going to show me the networks that I have the, uh, available to be connected to. So IRA is deeply partnered with AT&T. They're our primary network provider. Uh, they give us phenomenal service on their network. Uh, as part of the, the package that ships with IRA, not only do you get smart glasses, but you also get a portable hotspot that's your personal permanent connection to the, to the internet. So regardless of what cell phone plan you use, Sprint, T-Mobile, Verizon, or even AT&T, all of the data is provided via, via IRA through AT&T. So down here in that Wi-Fi section, you'd see those local networks, that local hotspot that you'd be able to connect to. You always know your usage. So we have a usage tab. And basically, this is going to show you spe specifically how many minutes are left in your plan, what plan you're, 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 you're on. You can get a listing of call detail. And then finally, under our More tab, we have some pretty neat things here. So um, we connect your Uber profile into your IRA account as, as, as well. Uh, this gives our agents just that additional level of contextual information in regards to the make and color of the car, where it is on that map, so we can constantly be providing that level of detail back to you, where that car is on that, on that street so you can be in that right location at the, at the right time to get in. Um, so the onboarding process. So let's assume that you've subscribed to IRA and you, you have your smart glasses. So the process that we're currently going through is we want to make sure that you're intimately acquainted with how IRA works. So, so your training process is typically a one-hour call. And that's to make sure that 
Everything's powered on, working, charged correctly. You know how to connect all the, all the cables. Very simple. And then what, what we're most excited about is that's everyone's chance to go through your first exploration with IRA. So that call is on us. It's not using any of the minutes from your plan. Um, and we want you to, to save a task that you're trying to uh, achieve. Make it, make it useful. And that's really your, your one-on-one -on -one time with the agent to ask questions. Um, and just to make sure that when you hang up after that first call, your account is live, you're, you're ready. Uh, we would call you internally at IRA, we would call you an explorer. That's what we call our, our customers. And we believe that um, you are then ready to explore your world with IRA. Uh, so I think, why don't we engage with Emily now, Paul? And we'll uh, we'll go through a uh, we'll go through a demonstration of IRA. And I am just now connecting. Um, and one of the things I'm gonna I've got I've got uh, theoretically IRA in my Bluetooth, but not. Um, Emily. Hey, how are you? Okay, so I'm going to reconnect with you because I'm going to have you come back in and show us um, just what you'd say when I actually connect for the first time. Um, I thought I was going to connect via Bluetooth, but of course Bluetooth failed me, which, you know, sometimes happens. Um, so let me do that. I'm gonna, we'll, 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 we'll stop this call and I'll call back in if that's okay. Sounds great. Talk to you soon. Super, thanks. So one of the reasons I wanted to do that um, was to spend a second just with the app open. Um, oh, goodness gracious. Um, this is why it's hard to do stuff on the fly with technology. Um, so one of the things, by the way, that you'll find as a user with Ira is that we have feedback, just like you do with uh, Uber or Lyft or whatever. There's a very simple screen to talk about or to give any comments on the session. Was it good? Was it poor? Um, that's, you know, critically important to us because it's a good learning opportunity. Um, I think most of you in the room are going to be able to hear fine. So as Marty talked about, there's several tabs on the home screen. I won't go back through all that um, other than to show that a couple of things that I always check to make sure is to look at, at the Wi-Fi settings to make sure I'm connecting the way I want to. Um, I've got the speed a little fast, but all of us blind people are fine with that. Um, the, um, uh, the, of course, the, 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 as we might have noted, I think the glasses are connected via the AT&T network uh, through a MiFi device, which is kind of great and handy because it means the data isn't streaming on your, uh, if you have a data cap plan, which is kind of nice. Um, and also it means that we get that advantage that Marty was talking about of having um, the, the nice AT&T management to give us a bit of priority for our video, which is very great for the signal. There's also a, let me slow the rate down just a little. Okay. So there's also a My Glass tab. And it talks about MIFIs and MIFIs, and um, so it you know, talks about the MIFI uh, and gives you a little information about that. And then, of course, um, and, and that will be important uh, when, you, when you're actually a user. There's some things you need to know about that screen, not the least of which is making sure that you've got your MIFI and your glasses connected and they're communicating with each other and it shows you that. And then, of course, there's the home. Home, tap selected, home, selected, phone, call arrow. 
from glass. So I can call from phone or glass. signal strength is per. Select call arrow from glass. And I'm going to go ahead and do from glass. Now, it just told me the signal strength was poor, so we're going to see how we do. This is, uh, this is the perils of live demo. Sound output. Sound output. Speaker. Hi, Paul. Thanks for calling IRAD. This is Emily. Hello, Emily. Hey, how are you? I am well. Thank you very much. Um, what can you tell me about where I am? Well, so I see that we are currently in a room. The back wall that we, you were just looking at is actually uh, huge windows, and then directly in front of you is a video camera with the light on, so I'm going to guess that they're recording. Uh-oh. <laughs> but right here in front of the video camera, down um, right here in front of you, yep, okay, so we're looking at a conference table with a bunch of people all sitting around it on the side furthest away from you. So there's one gentleman here at the end. He's got a tablet open at the very end of the table. And then as you slowly turn your head to the right, I see one gentleman in a bright blue button-down shirt with a collar on it here directly in front of you. And then another gentleman with a white button-down shirt, a lady sitting next to him with a very lovely um, bright pink flower dress on. And then another gentleman at the far right end side of the table here who's waving at you. He's <laughs> grinning a little bit shyly. And then he just gave us a Thumbs up. Excellent. Other than that, there is tech all over this room. I see at least two computers on the back wall away from you. A printer over on the right hand side looks like a big fancy one. And then a couple of other computers and technology scattered all the way around the room. Oh, and there's another lady sitting over there in the corner that I just saw as you turned your head to the left. And now as you continue to turn, I do see a giant red banner. And across the top in huge black letters, it says ergonomics. It's floor to ceiling almost with the banner. Wow. Just to the right of that, there is a model of a spinal cord I think, sitting on top of a desk. It's kind of curved like a spine is. And it looks like it's demoing an ergonomic desk chair setup. Now, this is always a risky thing, Emily, but um, you've got GPS as part of the platform. Can you say where I am? Yeah, absolutely. We are currently at um, Independence Avenue in Washington, D.C. Any idea what building? Well, let's see here. So I'm taking a look over here at my map, and I can tell that we are at the USDA um, complex. I'm not quite sure which building we're at because it looks like there is a lot of buildings here. This is a massive complex. Is that true, agriculture? Are there, is there multiple buildings here? Yeah, yeah, yeah I'm good. We're getting, we're getting, we're getting an amen on that, Emily. Um, so, so there you go. Uh, I actually didn't, didn't know that myself. Um, any other, you know, uh, I'm gonna, I actually know that um, because I've got a pesky coworker named Marty, and he's one of those sighted guys that sometimes forgets to uh, define stuff that he's writing. And I, I understand he's written something, uh, he's drafted something on a, on a whiteboard here in the room. Um, I'm gonna ask Emily if you can maybe help me find it. Now, of course, normally. I'd be conducting this on a headset with Emily, so you all wouldn't be hearing uh, her uh, give me this instruction. But um, for the purpose of this demo, we're having this on speakerphone, obviously. So do you see a whiteboard anywhere in the space? Keep looking around. I didn't see one there in front of you. Ah, spotted. There it is. It is off to your right. So I'm going to probably have to move a little bit to go over and find this thing. Was it over this direction it somewhere? It should be directly next to you on the right-hand side. Could you please look down a little bit at the whiteboard? It's a little bit shorter than you are. Okay, great. 
So, oh, this is a pie chart. Um, I'll start at the top and work my way down. This says households with very low food security, including adults with disability. And then it's split into three sections, the pie chart is. The largest section is 62.1%. It's colored in green and it says now working age adults, I'm sorry, non-working age adults with a disability. And then the rest of the pie chart is made up of a blue section that says 26%. Households with members 18 to 64, not in the labor force due to disability. And then the smallest chunk of this pie chart is colored in red and it says 11.9%. Households with a member uh, between 18 and 64 with other reported disabilities. Excellent. Now, of course, he could have told me that, but, you know, he, he's pesky and, and, you know, like sometimes we have with our coworkers, they forget to, uh, they forget to do that defining of things. So, um, this is... Keep you on your toes. <laughs> yeah. You pull the classic, as you can see on the whiteboard. Yeah, yeah exactly. As you can see on the, on the whiteboard, exactly. Uh, and how many times, uh, I know those of us who are blind or visually impaired in the room, we've been in meetings, settings, presentations, as you can see on that PowerPoint, um, which in truth, almost nobody in the audience can actually see usually because they're too small a text and it's too far away. Um, but we'll have the advantage of being able to um, see that with Ira. Um, there is one other thing I wanted uh, you to show, and I don't know, uh, is there any printed material on this table? Do you, can you tell, Emily? I do see a couple of pieces of paper. Um, could you look all the way down towards the ground for me? Yeah, you know what? Just to the right of where you're looking now, about maybe five inches in from the side of the table, I saw a bunch of Ira brochures. Looks like they are little squares. They were kind of laid out in a fan shape. So have you got yep, video on this? One so one of the things we could do, if you aren't able to read this clearly, is do what? We could take a picture of it. Paul, could you look down just a little bit for me? How's that? Yeah, that should be great. So the front cover here, all it says is Ira. Can right, you open it up and let's see what it says on the inside? Yeah, and you know what? Right now you're at the very bottom of my screen. Could you please? Yeah, that is perfect. So let's see here. Paul, could you turn your head a little bit to the right for me? Okay, so this is um, a double-page brochure. On the left-hand side, it says the glasses, and on the right-hand side, it says how it works. Do you have a preference as to where I start? Um, let's do a quick look at how it works. Sure. Okay, go ahead and look down a little bit for me again. Okay, you know what? This is actually a trifold brochure. So how it works is a page that has a ton of pictures on it. I'm going to take a picture of it, actually, so that I can tell you what each of the pictures looks like. Give me just one second here. Uploading picture. Upload completed. Resuming video. And one of the nice things about that, of course, is I got the cue that she was taking a picture um, because I tend to be one of those people that's fidgeting a lot, so I'm moving around and you know the picture's getting all messed up. It's like, Paul, stand still, for God's sakes. Um, so it's nice to have the, the actual verbal cue to tell me that, we, yes, we're taking a picture, so try to stay, stay a little bit motionless. All right, well, we got a good one. So how it works, across the top, it has three little black and white symbols. The first one is a mouse clicker with a target that it's clicking into. It says, call an agent with one tap on the app. And then in the center, it's a photograph of a headset that looks a lot like the one I'm wearing right now. And it says, get connected to a certified agent. 
And then on the right-hand side, there's a speech bubble with three lines that are supposed to be text, but it's just blank lines. And it says, receive real-time assistance. And then the bottom two-thirds of this page is taken up with pictures of what looks like stock photos because these people are really happy. But I can see at least six of them. The first one is the photograph of a girl. Looks like she is walking up an escalator. Maybe she has a piece of luggage in her hand and she's wearing a backpack. It says travel on the bottom. The middle one says shopping. Looks like it's a picture of a pair of Converse sneakers. And then on the right-hand side, the third one is three people laughing together in what looks like a room, and it says social events. And then there's another line. So the bottom left corner is a picture of somebody eating pizza. It says dining. In the middle is a girl opening a piece of mail. She's wearing glasses and grinning really, really big, and it says reading. And then the bottom right-hand corner is a picture of a living room with, like, kind of looks like a model home living room because it's very staged, but it's a, it's a brown suede couch with a blanket thrown over it and some really fancy pillows, and then it says scene description. Thanks, Emily. So one of the things you can obviously tell um, is that with working with an agent, you can get a very nice description of things that you normally may not be aware of as a person who's blind, all these cool pictures, uh, especially if, you, if like me, you're really totally blind um, and you don't really have any, any uh, use of vision. Sometimes, of course, if you have some low vision, you maybe can pick up the pictures and, and some of what's trying to be conveyed there and what's cool about it. But what's great is to be able to work with an agent. And of course, if you're in a hurry and you're maybe in the workplace and you're saying, yeah, okay, you know what, cool, Emily, let's uh, cool it on the pictures. Just give me, the, give me, the give me what I absolutely need to know uh, for uh, the purpose of today. What's the percentages of stuff? Like going back to that household uh, uh, food insecurity uh, pie chart that <coughs> Marty put up on the, on the whiteboard. Um, <coughs> You can just ask the agent to uh, focus on the, the actual details of those percentages and things like that. Um, at, we've, we've demonstrated the photo capability. Of course, we've demonstrated the description capability. Marty mentioned uh, Uber integration a little bit earlier. And I think um, uh, most of us who are IRA users have had the opportunity uh, and the joy of being able to have a, a much more fluid Uber experience. Uh, because, of course, using the app isn't necessarily a problem with voiceover, uh, for example, but, uh, of course, finding the car and um, knowing where the car is and whether they've gone off the, the map uh, and are going to be, you know, uh, further away. Um, I'm here in the D.C. area, and I live near Forest Glen Metro, and I cannot tell you the number of times. I don't know how it is that... Lyft and Uber can't find the Forest Glen Metro. It is a big piece of property right there on the corner of Georgia and Forest Glen Road. And somehow they invariably drive past, drive around, drive through. Um, and I don't know what's going on because, of course, I can't see the map. Uh, but now I can because I've got an agent who can tell me. And then we can get in, get in touch with the driver and say, hey, you missed the turn. Uh, and here's where I am. So that kind of stuff is in, invariably helpful uh, and adds to efficiency. Uh, and adds to you know just that improved quality of life, but of course, um, you know those are sort of in the category of minor to uh, intermediate annoyances. But when you're handed something that you need to read, or you're in a, a workplace setting and something is up on a pie chart or a whiteboard or a PowerPoint, um, it's more than a minor annoyance. Now it becomes something that actually uh, is one more uh, prevent 
uh, for somebody who's blind or visually impaired from being a functional member of the workplace team, and, and it just makes it harder. And of course, it gets tedious to be the one in the room that always says, can you read the PowerPoint? Can you describe the chart? Uh, and you know, on one hand, that's as an advocate, that's what we need to do. On the other hand, sometimes it's nice to just uh, be able to get the information and then go up later to somebody and remind them, hey, it would be helpful not only to me, but probably to others in the room too, um, if you would describe that kind of information. Um, Emily, you are one of our more experienced agents. Maybe it would be helpful if you talked a little bit. I said earlier that um, our agents are, are recruited, screened, trained, and paid, um, and all of those things are a key part of the, of the IRA secret sauce. Uh, and maybe you talk a little bit about being an agent and what you went through and, and what you do now to help other agents make sure they keep their skills sharp. Yeah, absolutely. Paul, I'm going to steal that phrase from you, though. I liked that. <laughs> <laughs> so I have been an agent for just over a year now. I just had my one-year work anniversary, which I'm pretty excited about. But in that time, I have had the unique opportunity to see the ways in which the IRA agent position has changed and has become so much more than we thought that it was going to be. So when I started with IRA, we spent a lot of time in training, learning how how to navigate alongside our blind or low vision explorers because we thought that that was going to be what our explorers wanted to do the most. Turns out we were wrong. And while that is definitely something that our explorers like to use IRA for, there's a lot more that they do throughout the day that they have found great uses for. So in a single day, we can do anything from, you know, just anything that helps our explorers get through a regular day, like read mail, or one of my favorite kind of more uh, more normal things that I've ever done is sat with one of my explorers and told her what each card in a deck of cards was so that she could run it through her braille machine and go play cards with a friend of hers at the hospital later that day. And that was probably one of my favorite like random things that I've done. But other than that, we do things all day long that are both fun and are more routine. So anything from chores around the house, like assisting with um, getting familiar with a new laundry machine that is all touchscreen and doesn't have any kind of buttons on it, to you know going through the pantry to help with cooking dinner. Um, but we also do fun things. One of our favorite stories is the day an explorer called in and said, hey, I wanna do origami. Do you have any agents who are good at origami? And it turns out one of our agents was really good at origami. So they went together and made a little origami swan. But also, throughout the day, I do a lot of things at work. Um, and that could be anything from what Paul was telling you about earlier, like uh, sitting in a meeting and assisting with uh, reading what's on the board or papers on the table, to a lot of our explorers are um, kind of fall into the category of business people, I guess. And so they go to a lot of conferences. So walking around at a conference room, learning, um, how to tell someone that an individual they're talking to is interested in what they're having to say. That was something that was fun for me also, but it can even be simple things like when JAWS stops working at your computer at work and you just are not sure what the screen says. I get calls all day long about, hey, uh, I'm trying to restart my computer and I'm not sure what it's on right now. What does the screen say? And then that's it. That's all they wanted to know. So they hang up and go along their merry work day life. 
Yeah, sometimes those, I mean, I think, uh, I don't remember what the data is now. At one point, I think our average call was about nine minutes, but um, sometimes they are really like 10 seconds. I've done that where I've called in and it turned out my computer was doing updates, which is why it wasn't talking to me, but I didn't know. Uh, and, and it was helpful to call in and get that info because then it saved me from starting to press buttons or powering back down. Like, wow, the computer's not talking. Um, of course, uh, sometimes prescription information. So another one of my short calls was just to call, call in and hold up a uh, medicine bottle just to verify that it was the right one. Uh, and was a quick, uh, you know, 10 second or less, probably five second call uh, to do that, but, but a very important call. In that case, it was, a, it was not a, a particularly dangerous prescription, but obviously uh, there could be those. And so uh, individuals obviously have that opportunity. Are there other ways to do that? Of course. Uh, there are other ma tools to manage and uh, get information access about things like prescriptions. Um, but sometimes um, it's nice to be able to have the ability to work with IRA and verify to make sure you're getting the information you thought. And of course, things like the inserts are not fully accessible and are often tough to optical scan as well uh, because the print's small and the, and the formatting's kind of weird on those inserts for prescriptions. So that's another area. I know I tend to use, um, when people ask me what I do with IRA, I, you know, probably half of my time with IRA is, is so awful for the agents, I feel terrible for them. It's reading business cards. And, and it's because, I, you know, again, I find scanning business cards, I, I never am confident that the numbers or email is exactly right or, the, uh, or each of the letters is precise. And you don't want to make a mistake in that. So it's nice to have an agent backing you up uh, and being able to look at those cards and get that information, make sure you can query, hey, did you actually mean that the name is spelled blah, blah, blah? Um, to, in order to verify that information. So I find that to be helpful. I know it's t terrible for the agents, so I try not to do it for too terribly long. But the great thing about agents is they're eager and, and able and willing to help in almost any task, tedious to exciting. Uh, we've done light shows, right, Emily, and, and uh, yeah, festivals. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I think. Um, Paul, why don't we see? Are yeah, there, I was going to say there, we can ask questions? if there's questions here in the room, because uh, <clears throat> I don't think we can I take questions from the, the audience, right? But if we can, fine. But let's start with the room. I have a question. Go ahead. Okay. Um, in terms of, I'm just speaking like you do. What's in terms of your your um, monthly charges? How does that reflect on how much you use the system? So IRA is a uh, currently uh, offered, as Marty said, to consumers on a monthly uh, minute uh, per minute basis. So you, you, you access IRA by uh, a monthly no buying a certain number of minutes, kind of like a cell, an old sort of an old cell phone plan. Most of them don't tend to be minute oriented anymore, um, but kind of like an old. So you, so you get a bucket of minutes. And I think what's cool about IRA is you can change that uh, you could change it month to month, but you can certainly change it as your needs require. So if you buy into the basic plan, which is 100 minutes a month, uh, and you say, yeah, I'm using it more than that, um, uh, and you, I should say for the first three months, the, the minutes are double, um, so, it, which is nice because you get a chance to really get a feel for how the service works and how to use it. But um, so, yeah, I, I, need, I, need, I need more time. That's fine. You can change it next month. Uh, or if you bought, bought into a plan, you think, ah, it, it, I'm just not using it quite as much as I thought I would, so let me, let me back it down a, a, a spot or two. Uh, you can do that, too. So it's very easy to make that change as it goes. 
I think our average minute usage per month, again, the data is a little bit old, for, so I don't know what it's currently, but at one point it was around 130, 140 minutes, so it's between our two, our 100 minute plan and our uh, 200 minute plan, kind of where the, where, was where the average user seems to be using IRA. Can I, can I jump in? Yeah, go ahead, Marty. So uh, our federal pricing is going to be a little bit different, and basically uh, it, it's going to be down to the in individual needs uh, of each agency and then the employees within that agency. Uh, so it could, be, uh, it could be a permanent assignment of IRA during uh, a calendar year, or it, it could also be on a three or six or nine month engagement. And then we have varying minutes plans that basically will not make you have to worry as, as a user. You have a giant pool assigned to you. It's for the length of that contract. Uh, so yeah, we're, we, the month to month subscriptions for direct to consumer, but for any federal purchase, um, we're in the middle of working out how IRA will be purchased via G, uh, GSA, so we're, we're shortly going to have that squared away. And at the end here, actually, I'll just switch to it now. We have, uh, we have a landing page, so go.ira.io forward slash federal programs. And basically, that's how you can connect with us and let you know that it's something that you want to get more inf information on. And we can tailor that plan to you and your agency. Yeah, we're still working that through, obviously, um, and w figuring out what that will ultimately be. But yeah, and for, for anyone who's on sort of the decision-making side of an agency, we can set up the program where you know either it's uh, bound within the the office area, for example, of a worker if that's what one wants to do, uh, or is time-bound. I think, um, or if, if we can't do it today, we certainly will be able to work with you on that, so that you can ensure that the IRA minutes are being used uh, for the worksite. Am I just a consumer now? What happens if I go over what I've, I've committed monthly? How does that work? So at some point, uh, do you want to handle that, Marty? Yeah, so you'd have the ability to do several things. You could wait till your plan rolled over. You could purchase supplemental minutes. Uh, or you could upgrade plans. So you have, you have complete control. Uh, you, are, you are always in the driver's seat. You can adjust your plan at the consumer level up and down whenever you need to. And you can check that usage tab at any time, of course, to see where you're at in the month. Thank you. Sure. Other questions here Any at the table? Uh, for the federal uh, program, uh, just a question. Uh, would this, would IRA work outside of the country? So the question was, uh, does IRA work outside of the US? Yeah. So currently, we, uh, we're only shipping within the continental United States. Uh, our agreement with AT&T and the way that they're providing network access to us hasn't enabled us the ability yet to do out-of-country testing. Uh, that being said, we have plenty of users who travel with IRA, and they know that while we can't guarantee how service will be in other countries, they're absolutely more than willing to try it. Uh, the data connection would be something that you would have to, to, to manage and, and handle. Our, 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 per, our service from uh, service from AT&T would only allow you to connect and uh, basically get data in this in this in the states. So you you can do it. Uh, we just we can't say we can guarantee it's going to work. And we know it's going to be buttery smooth video, uh, but it, it would be up to you to to, to test. And it. you'd want to determine time zones. So for example, if you're in Europe. Um, I think it'd be what 1 p.m. to 7 a.m. if I or thereabouts, uh, or 12, 12, 12 noon to 
6 a.m. maybe. So, um, so there's a hunk of the morning yeah. where you wouldn't be able to access it. Your agents love when you travel abroad. One of my favorite calls was from Latvia. No, we're hoping to have 24-hour hour service very shortly. We have a massive hiring push of agents happening. That's, that's top priority for us. Emily just said one of her favorite calls was from Latvia, by the way. The agents get, they get a kick out of that because they get to see parts of the world that they, they either may not ever so, see or haven't so seen. you're not tied to that AT&T uh, hotspot then? You, you can, can, you can use other, yeah, yes. you can use other ways of connecting other than yep. the AT&T uh, MiFi. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, if, if you traveled extensively and you had SIMs from other, other providers in other countries, you know, you could travel with your own. MiFi device, and you could pop in a SIM when you're on Rogers in Canada or you know, wherever you but are. But again, we don't guarantee yeah. any of that at the moment. Now, I travel with the GPS tracking system, and so I know that as long as I'm on the ground throughout the United States, it's working. But once it's in flight, it doesn't work. So that's when this, this would get cut off as well? Correct. So you'd be you'd be leveraging IRA to ensure that without sighted assistance you were getting to the gate that, that you needed to, to be at. Uh, and then similar to every other t uh, tech used on a plane, it's put in airplane mode when the, when the plane takes off. When you landed, everything would be turned back on and then IRA could then be, be leveraged with whatever city you happen to arrive in. Great, any other questions? Okay. Can we talk about the cost to the consumer? Like if I wanted to say today to purchase the glasses and the, uh, the app, how much would that be? I think of general of basic package. I think what we can do, uh, because of course the purpose of today's call was really to talk about um, IRA and how it potentially can be um, accessed or what we can be starting to do in terms of federal employment, we can certainly talk to you after the session and also for those here in the room, be happy to give you a minute or two to maybe try the glasses and see what you think. Um, I also wanted to see if there were any questions for Emily and one of the things I was going to ask you about Emily is one of the roles that you play now as an experienced agent, I think you started talking about this a little, is working with other agents as they're being trained, but also as they experience challenges. So one of the, I know what happens a lot is agents, I just got this question, what's a good way to answer? I mean, are there some things that you're doing now to help our agents um, keep, keep uh, updating and refreshing skills? Yeah, actually, Paul, you picked the right girl to ask that question because <laughs> I am the one um, who's been working with Aaron Keeter, um, who's my boss, about revamping the agent training. So um, she and I together are kind of looking at the actual types of calls that we, as our explorers, ask us to do and how we can always make our agents better at becoming more efficient in completing those. So right now, this week, actually, we've been talking a lot about how we can make the shopping experience better for explorers. Um, we found that shopping is one of those things that our explorers really like to have their agents do. It's um, been told it's it's very much of a liberating feeling of independence to get to go to a store and just do whatever you want while you're there. So that's something that we're definitely looking at becoming ever more efficient and better at doing. Um, but yeah, I 
I personally really love the opportunity that I have to work with all of our new agents. It's so fun to get to watch them develop and become better and better. And then my favorite part is actually um, because we are hiring new agents throughout this entire year, actually, I'm hoping to continue to ramp our agent and so I always love when my team of agents, we get a new new team member and they're always there looking out for them and able to answer questions and help them with things that could be tricky or, or tricks and tips about it. So that's something that I get a lot of joy out of. Um, awesome, interesting uh, perspective. And I know that one of the things that, uh, well, one of the things I probably didn't say, I'm not sure if we did say, but... Um, Ira is still relatively new, and there's still things that we're learning and learning from our explorers, the people who use Ira, learning from our agents and uh, learning from each other as we, and of course our advisors. We have a lot of really, some well-known and some lesser well-known, but really smart experts out there in the, in the blindness and tech world who provide advice to Ira. So the service launched um, as, a, as a, you know, a subscription service basically late in 2016. Uh, and we've grown dramatically this year um, as a number of people are starting to hear about IRA and we're starting to do more of these kinds of sessions where we're telling people about what the service is and what it can do. But we're still in the process of learning uh, what works best for people. For example, when to pull up a map of an airport or a shopping mall and when to try to use um, visual signage that might be available. I know that's, um, again, from personal use. I know sometimes I'll talk with agents and say, you know, instead of trying to get the map, let's just look around at signs and see if we can do it that way. And sometimes that's user preference and sometimes that's just learning together at what's the most efficient way to get information. Because remember, for most of us who are blind or visually impaired, we spend a good portion of our life trying to minimize the need for sighted assistance and trying to use technology and techniques to maximize our independence and to get access to information and cues and environmental stuff in any way that we can. And so now with Ira, we're sort of learning how to bring back um, another tool into our toolbox about how to, how to access and use visual assistance um, and to get access to information that we otherwise either couldn't get or it would be horribly inefficient. And you know, as for the shopping experience or, or restaurant experience, again, I think all of us who are blind have had the, the annoying experience of going somewhere and saying, you know, what do you have? And re the response is, what do you want? Um, how about you answer the question I asked you rather than asking me the question. I don't know what I want because I don't know what you have. How would I make that determination? And so in shopping, I think a lot of us when we get assistance in stores, uh, we're kind of worried about taking too much time um, of that person and often it is somebody who's on the clock themselves so we don't want to take a lot of their time. But it's frustrating because we might want to look through uh, a comparison of uh, the things that we're looking for, price comparison, volume comparison, and different ingredients, and all the stuff that sighted people take for granted, and all of the things that for those of us who are blind, often we don't get to do. And so I think this is another way in which we're learning as blind people how to bring um, Ira back into our life. So I think we're probably getting toward the close of our time. Um, I'm just going to ask Emily, was there anybody at the table who looked like they wanted to ask a question and were just too shy that I could pick on? Uh, just, you know, just want to, just want to, you know, use a little sight here to have some fun. <laughs> I didn't notice anyone looking particularly shy. Okay. Um, but I think that maybe if you would like, you can just pick on one anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so there was somebody way over to the left that came in? Um, you know what? Actually, she's not there anymore. Uh-oh. Did she um, disappear on us? She might have snuck out on us. Okay. All right. Well, we, we... Nope, I don't see her here anymore. 
we lost that opportunity to pick on. Um, so we'll, we'll let you maybe be the last question. Okay. In terms of wearing the glasses in weather, does there, is there a problem when it's raining? Is there a problem when it's snowing? Anything like that? Um, the glasses are, are you know, you, you don't want to swim with them, but they are able to handle, um, you know, the sort of weather conditions that would be typical. I, I'm not sure about a torrential downpour uh, per se. Uh, they are, uh, they do have technology in them. Uh, the charge port, I will note, is at the bottom of the glass stem, so uh, that's the good news. Do you, do you have any thoughts on that, Marty, in terms of uh, resili resistance and resilience in weather? I mean, we've had uh, plenty of explorers who are very active. Uh, active runners, and they're, they're, they've used several of our different versions of, of smart glasses, and all have handled you know the average amount of sweat that might be generated during a run. Some of them might choose to wear uh, croquis that would connect from uh, you know, the one temple arm to the other behind your head to make them more secure. Uh, yeah, so I think. What did you call those? It's called a croquis. <laughs> wow, that's a term I've never heard. Uh, and I think that you know you're you're. At, your average active lifestyle, moving from place to place, whether it happened to be raining or snowing, I think that our glasses would be more, more than able to handle that. I mean, again, you wouldn't want to be in a torrential downpour for, for more than five or ten minutes, and they're completely soaked. But I think your your average wear and tear is exactly how they're how they're designed. Last couple points on glasses. Um, I'm wearing a uh, traditional, somewhat traditional looking glass. We do have glass with a more tr uh, transparent lens. I think I have the darker lenses on, right? Um, um, and the, uh, of course, people wear these over uh, or with glasses if they have their own prescription glasses. Um, we are, will be soon offering a slightly smaller form factor of this one. So I know some people um, have found they wanted something a little bit smaller uh, than this glass because this is the size we've, we've had so far. We do also offer Google Glass, uh, which is a different kind of smart glass. That's actually what we started with. Uh, and so that's also available for anybody who might need that for any particular reason, form factor or otherwise. We should probably think about closing it here. Marty, what was that website that people can go to again? Say it slow. Go.ira.io forward slash federal programs. And so of course, Ira is A-I-R-A. And that was .io. It wasn't a mistake. That is, in fact, the cool suffix that we get to use um, as it's now available. What is the I.O.? You know, we, we, we have all acronyms around here. Um, I am told uh, somewhere, I looked it up, I think the I.O. is like the British Indian Ocean Colonies or something. Um, was a, a country suffix that ended up not being used. So, Also also short in the, in the tech world for input-output. Yeah, that's why the tech people love it. It turned yeah. out to be a very good and useful path. Um, Paul and the U.S. Department of Agriculture Target Center, thank you so much. I don't know if there's anything you guys say at the end of these programs, or yeah, if we there just is. oh, then bring come on back up here. We say thank you, sir, <laughs> Paul, for being here today. Both of you, thank you very much. Um, and you asked, so we had thank you. So we had we wound up with uh, about 60 or so uh, different viewers online. So we're very pleased with that. Excellent. Um, we actually had, unfortunately, I apologize, we did have a, a group of USDA employees uh, who are using Internet Explorer 11 who aren't even able to watch a live YouTube video. And this is like, what, 2017? I don't know what happened there. But whatever reason, you can watch recorded ones. So, hi, I know you're watching this not live, but we're still glad you could join us. So I think that'll get us another group as well. So thank you, everybody here in person. Thank you. And, um, 
We'll see you guys all next time. Thank Thanks. you, guys. Thanks so much. And thank you, Emily.